Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. All right, so by raise of hands, uh, does anybody here enjoy fishing? Anybody, a couple people do? There's at least three of us, so it's all right. Today I want to kind of, as as I talk about these characteristics, as we discuss uh, Jesus' interaction with specific guys in his life that that uh, had this passion and drive for fishing. Uh, I want to kind of help educate a little bit, or, you know, if, if fishing's not your thing, that's all right. I, I, I want to make sure that you understand a little bit of what we're talking about. Um, specifically here in, in New Smyrna, uh, the way that we fish today is a lot different than what fishing was back in those days, right? You see these guys, you go down the river and you see like little, like, you know, million dollar boats with like, hundreds of thousand dollars of electronics and motors on the back of them and stuff like that. That is not what fishing looked like in Jesus' time, right? Jesus' time, it was like, here's some wood, make a boat. Like, it's, you got to bail it yourself. If you get water in it, you better bring something to get the water out of it. You know, we're getting some nets, and we're putting them together, and we're trying to fish the real, real old-fashioned way. Here in New Smyrna, though, there's probably three different types of fishing that people enjoy to do, okay? So I'm here to give you a little bit of an education. Um, So one type of fishing is offshore fishing, right? Anybody here like offshore fishing? This is where you're going offshore. You're going into the ocean. You probably got a little bit bigger of a boat. You're fishing in something like 50 to a – some people are fishing fishing in 1,500 feet of water. This is super deep. They're catching – Big fish, or if you're with me, you're probably catching no fish because I'm not a good offshore fisherman. So there's offshore fishing people here in our area like to do. There's also uh, near or inshore fishing that people like to do. This is people who maybe like to fish at the jetties. They like to fish at the bridges. Uh, they like to fish in, in different creeks and stuff like that. Uh, and this is probably, those people are fishing in somewhere uh, probably around maybe 5 to 25 feet of water, right? There's different... Totally different water depth, different type of fish, different type of fishing. And then the last type of fishing is the one that I like to do the most, and that's flats fishing. This is fishing that's out uh, in primarily in the Mosquito Lagoon area, uh, and the the average depth out there that you're going to be fishing is something like less than two foot of water, so really, really shallow fishing. Now, with these first two types of fishing, there's a the way that you go fish is you've got to understand the structure, understand the bottom of what it looks like down there, and you've got to use the right bait. You've got to pay attention to currents. You've got to pay attention to temperature. You've got to pay attention. There's lots of things you got to pay attention to, where you're fishing around, what type of structure and stuff. The type of fishing I like to do, flats, you've got to pay attention to some of that stuff, but a lot of what you've got to do is also you've got to use your eyes. Primarily, it's not about so much just being where the fish are. You've also got to be able to see the fish, you got to be able to get up close to the fish. And it's a lot more like hunting than it is like fishing. we got a couple guides in the church that they do this for a living. They take people out on, you know, they do a flats fishing charters. Uh, if at any point you're interested in it, they would, uh, they would never come up and talk about it. But um, Nate Lemon does a fantastic job. He does it as, that's his, that's his job or whatever. And so if you got family members coming into town and, uh, 
and you want to get on a charter with him, I think it's like Florida Sight Fishing Charters. You can check him out there. Also, Rick Hilliard does a fantastic job. That guy will get you on some fish where you can, you'll see the eyeballs of the fish before you catch it. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I think he's got, uh, if you search dark, dark water fishing charters, he'll, you can uh, check him out there. But in this specific type of fishing, the one thing that I learned over the past couple of years is that it takes a lot of work. Primarily, it takes a lot of physical labor. It looks a lot like this. I think we flashed a picture of it a second ago. It looks a lot like that, where you got two guys, one's on the front, one guy's on the back, and the guy on the back, he's got to really put a lot of effort. He's got to put a lot of, of, of muscle power into getting the boat in the right place at the right time to get the person on the front set up to be able to catch the fish. I used to go out there with like a trolling motor and stuff and just, and man, fish just go everywhere. But it wasn't until I got out of what I was comfortable with and got onto the back of it and really pushing the boat around did I get to a place where I saw and was able to do what I really felt like I wanted to do. And I think many times the thing that keeps us from getting to where God wants us to be, the thing that keeps us from getting to the next step of where we need to be is simply stepping out of what we're comfortable with. We get, eat, we get hooked into doing the same thing we've been doing it time and time and time again and doing it in a specific way. And the idea of breaking out into what is something that is uncomfortable scares us or we just don't have the willpower to do it. And I think that sometimes that, that idea of what's comfortable, staying in what's comfortable is keeping us from being able to catch on to what Jesus really has for us. And so for today and the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about how do we bust out, how do we push through this idea of this barrier of comfort into life living uncomfortable. I want to start out today in the book of Luke, chapter 5. The book of Luke was written, uh, many people believe, by a man named Luke, which would make sense because that's what it's called. And Luke was a guy that uh, he would have hung around Paul the Apostle quite a bit. Luke was a, uh, many people believe, to be a physician. So he was a very intellectual man, very smart man. Uh, he was a man that probably would not uh, have had a fear to really research and look into some things. That when it came time to, to make something, specifically I think even when he, when he went to go write this part of, his, uh, of this gospel, I know it was something that he would have researched to great detail. And when you read the book of Luke, you really see that. You see a lot more detail about specific stories and specific things than you would in other parts of the gospel. And so today we're in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and this is Jesus as he's just starting to begin his, his ministry. This is right after he's baptized, right after he spent 40 days and nights in fasting and in prayer, and he's beginning his, his ministry. Verse 1, chapter 5, it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in around him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for fishermen had left them there and were washing their nets. All right? So imagine this. Uh, how many of you guys have been to our Easter sunrise service? Last year, yeah, it was great, man. Last year we had like 2,500 people, I think, came out to sunrise Easter service, which was pretty great. But it was kind of wild. One of the things that was hard to do is you couldn't really see what was going on. Because there were so many people, there were so many people deep that if you were in the back of, of the crowd, there was no way you could really see what was happening in the front because everyone was on the same level. 
So this year, as we're trying to plan, we're thinking, we're trying to think outside the box and like, how do we bring in staging or how do we shift it to a place where everyone can see? Here we see Jesus was running into the same issue. There's so many people, not everyone can see. Everyone's crowding in, crowding her out. And so he sees these two boats on the seashore and he goes and he says, hey, I'm, let's, let's get into one of them. And in verse 3, it says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asks Simon, who later on we would know to be called Peter, who, who was the owner of this boat, he said, we push this out into the water. So he sat on the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And so literally Jesus is like, I don't need a stage. I don't need a church building. I'll just preach from a boat, which sounds like a dream job for me. I haven't been able to figure out how to do it yet. But one of these days, we'll get it figured out. In verse 4 of this, though, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who later we'd call him Peter, he says, Now go out where it's a little deeper and let down your nets and let's catch some fish. Again, fishing after preaching, something I can connect with, right? How many of you guys on Friday nights after you, uh, after, after you went and... Uh, worked all week long, you like to go out, hang out with your family, and do something kind of to unwind, right? Some of people, some of us like to go fishing, some of us like to watch a movie and get a pizza with our family, right? Something to just kind of relax and do something fun. Here Jesus, he tells these guys, hey, let's, you know what, this is done, let's go out and let's fish for a little bit. But this is what comes back. In verse 5, it says, uh, Simon replied, he said, Master, we worked all day, or we worked hard all night long and didn't catch a thing. Again, Peter's speaking my language because I'm not, I love fishing. I'm not a really good fisherman. He said, we, we fished all night long. In the beginning of this passage, we saw that, that these guys are on the seashore. They're cleaning their nets because in those days, you didn't go out early morning. You didn't go out uh, in the middle of the day. You went out at night. You work all night long fishing and when Jesus comes up to them, they're at the end of their work day. They're ready to go home. They're ready to see their wives and their kids if they have them. They're done. But Jesus says, let's, let's just go fish a little bit more. Let's, let's push past what, what you're comfortable with. You know, my wife would tell you, one of the things that she hates about uh, having to go fishing with us is when we get done, uh, everybody knows you got to clean the boat, right? So you've been out in the sun, you've been out in the wind, your muscles are sore, and now you got to come home and you got to wash your boat down. And it's, it's not a fun, it's, it's one of the non-fun parts of boat ownership. That and paying for a boat and gas and bait. Doesn't sound like fishing's a whole lot of fun, does it? No. Um, so these guys are done with the day. They're ready to go home. And Jesus says, let's go out and let's set down your nets. Continuing on verse 5, it says that, it says that he said, Peter, Simon Peter tells him, he said, we've been fishing all hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. He says, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. See, Peter you would think, Simon in this case, Simon Peter, you would think at some point being the, the tough guy that he is, the hard worker, person that doesn't quit a whole lot, you, you would think that, that at some point he knows, man, I, I've been fishing all night, I'm a good fisherman, but there's no fish here. No, we're just going to go home. There's, there's not a reason to do it. 
put the boat back in the water, man. You got to, you know, put the nets down. Then we got to clean the nets again. There's a whole, whole bunch of work that's involved in all that. But Simon looks at Jesus and says, if, if you tell me to do it, then I'll push past what I'm comfortable with and we'll do it. Sometimes I feel like as followers of Christ, we get into the same problem. Jesus told us he wants us to, to take the next step. He wants us to step out of what's comfortable. But we say, I'm, I'm just not, I just don't know if I can do that right now. We hear that thing saying like, hey, get involved in your, join a circle group. Be part of community. Jesus, you don't understand. I got so much going on. I got to go home and watch, uh, you know, whatever's happening uh, with the, the Murdoch trials right now. I got to go figure out what's going on. You know, that there's so much happening in my life. I got tax season coming up. My kids, I got to cook them dinner. I got to do laundry. Everything's backing up. There's no way I can take and do something, one more other thing. We see someone on the, the side of the road that needs help. And we think, man, I... Maybe I should help them, but I'm, I'm already late for work. I got something going on. I don't have enough money my own self to help feed them. We're not com- it's, it's not comfortable. It's not easy to do. We feel Jesus telling us that we really need to let go and forgive that person that, that we've been holding on to that grievance about. That person that we just can't, we, we can't seem to like in our mind, whatever it is for what they did 15, 20 years ago. We've got to hold on to this. Jesus says we need to let it go and forgive, and we're just not comfortable with that. I think a lot of times our comfort keeps us from living out our calling. I think that Jesus wants to challenge us to live in our calling, not our comfort. This is what happens because these guys push past what was comfortable. In verse 6, it says, And this time, when they let down their nets, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in uh, uh, for their help, uh, or a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish to the verge of sinking. I'll tell you what, you know, I went out fishing with, uh, uh, with Daniel a couple months ago. We caught a lot of fish. Like the fish box was overflowing. But I had never been on a fishing trip where the, fish, where the boat almost sank because of how many fish you caught. I mean, I'm ready for that. I'm down for a challenge. Let's do it. But literally, because, because they stepped out and they stepped into faith and did what Jesus said, they caught more fish than they had ever caught before, and not just, not their boat was almost about ready to sink, but both boats. I'm reminded that what Jesus does and can do through us, if we let him, is far greater and better than what we can even comprehend. None of these guys, none of them thought that that would happen. There was zero chance but all because they pushed past what was comfortable and pursued the calling of what Jesus asked them to do. 
man, they were blessed a hundred, a thousand times fold. Verse 8 verse through 11, it says, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, it says he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had just caught. In verse 10, it says, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, he said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They had such a a crazy experience with him that they left the boats, they left the fish that they had just caught. They said, I'm ready to push past what's comfortable. I'm going to live life in the calling. We would see that these men uh, would follow Jesus to the very end of his life. For the next years as he did ministry, they were his core nucleus. These were the first disciples that he had ever pulled in. They weren't smart. They weren't wealthy. They weren't well-to-do. They weren't successful. They were just hardworking, non-quitting fishermen. They would follow Jesus to the point in which he's put to the cross and they would see him die and put into a grave. In the next couple of weeks, we talk about how that was not the end of the story, though. Three days later, said these ladies would see Jesus and he would no longer be in the tomb. He would no longer be dead. It says that Peter and the disciples, after following him for years, seeing him put to death, well, they were just crushed. They ran to the tomb to try to find him, and he's, he's not there. And as they had committed their lives to following this guy, as they're distraught, they don't know what to do. In the book of John, verse 21, verse 3, Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. He's so bummed, he's frustrated, he doesn't, he doesn't know which way to go. And so he returns back to what he knows to do before Jesus. All the guys were with him, they said, we'll come too. And they went out into the boat. It says, but they caught nothing all night. Here, here's the thing that you'll realize. When you, follow, when you live in your calling, when you pursue and you take that next step that, that Jesus is telling you to do, when he tells you to, to take a step and serve the people around you, when he tells you to take a step and, and forgive, when he, tell, he tells you to take a step and be compassionate and loving to those he puts in your, in your path, going back to what you did before after doing that doesn't ever work out. It just doesn't make sense. You won't find fulfillment. Verse 4, it says, At dawn, Jesus, who they hadn't seen yet, was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. 
he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. This is, this is a funny part because, I mean, this is Jesus, right? Like, uh, Jesus knew that they hadn't caught any fish. Jesus wasn't, like, trying to guess. He wasn't trying to find out. He knew, he knew what was going on already. He was just kind of razzing them a little bit. I feel like Erica does this to me all the time. And I come home from fishing, she's like, did you catch anything? I'm like, no. We tried to do a family adventure this past week. We, did shri- we went shrimping, right? Took the kids. Never been shrimping before. We're out there, wind's blowing like 30 miles an hour. We, we, were, we shrimped for like two and a half hours. We got three shrimp. Three, not three dozen, not three buckets, not three gallons, just three. And we took pictures with them too. We were ready. It was, we, were, we were happy about it. But much like Erica Rasmus, she didn't catch anything. Jesus, he's razzing these, he knows. He knows they didn't catch anything. He said, did you catch anything? No, they replied. Verse 6, it says, they said, throw your nets on the right-hand side of the boat. And you'll catch some. <laughs> One thing that uh, you don't know about fishermen, they're pretty stubborn guys. Like, you don't just go out and start throwing hints at them. Like, oh, you should try to do this. Plus, throwing on the right side or the left side is not going to make any difference. But I can't help but think that as, as they hear Jesus say, like, just throw on the other side. There, there's something that's coming to their brain. They're thinking, I feel like I've heard this before. I, I, feel like, I feel like there's something that's connecting here. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat, he said, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Verse 10, it says, as they realize it's him, as Peter jumps in the water and goes to Jesus, Jesus says to him, he says, bring some of the fish that you've caught. So Simon and Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net had not torn. And as I, as I read this this past week, I realized that that Jesus is trying to reconnect with them and help them understand that, that living in the calling as opposed to the comfort is where he wants them to stay. But as they do it, he calls them to do it because he knows it's going to make them stronger. It's going to make them better. As they reel in this net, as they bring in these 153 large fish, and as the net does not tear like it was torn before I can't help but think that they're seeing a connection that as he's called them to be fishers of men not to go back to what they were doing before but to step forward into the calling he has for them he understands they're going to be better they're going to be stronger they're going to live life to the fullest much more than what they could even bear to stand. Coastline, I, I feel like 
when it comes to these disciples, many of them are just normal people like you and I. You got people that that were fishermen. Maybe they weren't the top of their class. Maybe they're just hardworking, blue-collar guys. You had Matthew, who was a tax collector, who he was a smart guy, good with money, shrewd. Guys from every different walk of life. And Jesus used them all and said, I want you to step out of what you're comfortable with and do what I've called you to do. And your life will be better for it. I think that's the same thing that he's calling you to right now. When Eric and I started Coastline Church, I felt wholeheartedly that one of the things, one of the core values that we we were called to promote, that we were supposed to build the the foundation of our, our church on was the value that it is important for us all to grow. If you look in nature, the things that are healthy, they'll grow. The things that are not healthy will not. They'll stay the same. I believe that Jesus is calling you to take your next step and to grow, to go beyond what you're comfortable with. For some of you, that might be volunteering for 15 minutes, for half an hour, for an hour with the crew. It might be going down to bridging the gap and visiting Eric and say, Eric, what can I do to help you? It might be visiting Chip Clark and Dawn down at Frog and saying, hey, I've got half an hour on my lunch break. Let me help sort through some stuff with you. Let me help, let me help clean up something. It might be that you need to make a call and offer forgiveness for something that you don't want to. It might be that you take a step and and worship through giving for the very first time. I, I don't know what it is. I think that's something only the Holy Spirit can put on you. But I do want to tell you this, that if you will take him up on it, and if you will put a little bit of discomfort in, if you'll push out of what is comfortable and into what he's calling you to, life will be better than what you can even imagine. He, he's not telling you to do it because he wants something from you. He's telling you to do it because he, he wants something for you. He wants to see you experience life in a different way than what you're experiencing it now. So for whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're dealing with, the challenge I have for you today is to push out of what is comfortable and live life for a little bit in the uncomfortable. Push out of comfort and live in the calling that Jesus has for you. I promise you, your life won't be the same. I tell you from my own, my own experience. When I stand on my boat, I've put in all the time of putting the pieces together. I've tied the right knots and put on the right lures and the wind's in the right place and the sun's in the right place and I see the fish and I make the right cast and it hooks up. On this earth, there's no greater feeling. And I feel like many times Jesus 
is saying, I, I just want to be, I want to be the guide that helps you experience that. If, if you'll just listen to me just a little bit. I know you think you might know how to do it. If you'll just listen to him a little bit. Step out of what you're comfortable with and what he challenges you and calls you to do. You get experience a feeling in a life like you've never had before. So I want to leave you with that challenge here today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no looking around. If you're here today and you say, Brian, I need help. I need the Holy Spirit to, to help me push through what I've been comfortable with. Today I want to live in and accept the calling that God, that Jesus has for me. If that's you today, I just want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. It's not between me and you. This is you just saying to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to live in your calling. I'm going to step out of what's comfortable. I'm going to pursue you. Heavenly Father, you know the hands that have been raised. God, you know what we're dealing with. I pray right now that you would give us the, the power and the energy to step forth to continue to pursue what you're calling us to. And I thank you so much for what's to come. I thank you for pushing out, pushing us out of what's what we're just comfortable with. And I believe the best is still yet to come. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.